I'm excited to be asked to do the first leadership night of 2012. Happy New Year. Can I still say that? Is it okay, right? Uh, you know, and as I really prayed and thought about what I wanted to talk on this evening, it became really clear to me that God was, was trying to move me to talk about a, a subject, a leadership principle that just really, this is one of those things that burns inside of me every day, something that I am very passionate about. And uh, so I'm excited to talk to you about it this evening. And uh, last month, Pastor Mike spoke on Leadership Night and did a great job. And he said that one of the definitions he used for leadership is leadership is influence. And I would completely subscribe to that definition. And when we're talking about influence, we have to understand that there are different ways that we can influence people. There are, there's direct influence and there's indirect influence. And then there's also good influence and then there's bad influence, right? And so typically what we find is that leaders in our world that gain the greatest amount of influence with people become heroes. And they have the opportunity to make a significant impact for good or for bad in the world around them. And so I want to start out just uh, by reading two scriptures that I've built this message around. I've got other scriptures as we go through it. And these first two, after I read them, I'll, I'll come back to them throughout the course of the message. But I want to start by just sharing these first two with you to kind of set the pace of things. The first one is Joshua 1.9. It says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Say, with you wherever you go. Right? He doesn't just show up at certain things, certain events, certain times. We carry the Lord our God and His presence and His power with us everywhere we go. The Bible is very clear about that in this scripture. Also, the second scripture I want to share is out of Hebrews 13.8. This is a pretty simple one, but it's really powerful. Hebrews 13.8. And it just says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right? So He's never changed he never will change. We can count on him 100% to stay true to what he tells us about who he is in his word. So let's pray real fast. Father God, I just come to you tonight. I know that you've placed this passion inside of me. And I believe that if lived out properly, God, it can produce abundant fruit and it can glorify you and honor you. I ask you to just help me communicate it clearly. I ask you to prepare our spiritual ears to hear what you want to say to us and prepare our hearts to receive the revelation that you want to plant inside each of us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is Where Are the Heroes? Where are the heroes? So I just want to take a minute to talk briefly about some of the heroes of old in times and years past. You know, we can look to the Bible for great heroes and, and figures that we can look up to. Folks like, people like uh, Noah, Abraham, Moses, right? Obviously, Joshua, David, Solomon. There's great heroes throughout the Bible. And you look and all of them became heroes for various reasons. Abraham led his people, you know, out of, uh, out of the, the city and into the new land. Of course, Moses led the, 
the Israelites out of bondage from the Egyptians. Joshua carried the torch after Moses was gone, fought the battles, expressed great bravery and courage in the face of adversity. David, of course, we all know the great story of David slaying the giant Goliath and many more things that he went on to do. Solomon with his abundant wisdom and influence. So, so many different ways that people became heroes. Also, we look at non-biblical figures, people like George Washington, right, through the, uh, through the American Revolution, Abraham Lincoln, through the abolition of slavery and the Civil War, great leaders that rose up during significant times of adversity where there was a need for somebody to become a hero, for somebody to give people a direction to aim themselves in. Other heroes, non-biblical people like F- FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, through the Great Depression, General Patton, right, Mother Teresa, Winston Churchill, you could probably name off a half a dozen yourself that I'm not mentioning here, but we all get the idea of what these people were about and what they represented. Most of, of the non-biblical heroes, if you study them, were actually Christians, interestingly enough, but even the ones that weren't Christians, that didn't proclaim the Christian faith, when you see and you look and study at the things that they were characterized as heroes for, that they were actually things that the principles that the Christian faith is based upon, right? For example, selflessness and a willingness to put their self in harm's way for the benefit of others, caring about the greater good of other people more so than themselves. So it's pretty clear that we can tie a lot of the, of the principles from the heroes of old to the Christian faith and the principles that Christianity teaches. But my question for us tonight is where are the heroes today? What does society deem to be a hero today? If we look at mainstream America's definition of a hero now, do we find the same kind of person, the same type of attributes that we find in the heroes of old? Or, or do we experience, uh, in a sense, a redefining by our culture today of what a hero actually is? I would subscribe to you that that's exactly what has been going on over the last probably 50 to 75 years for the most part. What kind of impact are the heroes today actually making? And I, I'm not saying that, there's all bad, that all the heroes that we look to are bad. I'm just saying in the majority sense, the impact that they're making is not a very good one. You know, today's heroes are really for the most part failing miserably at creating positive change and influence from a Christian perspective. When you look at where heroes are coming out of, you find the majority of them coming out of Hollywood, professional sports, uh, you know, music icons. All of the things that are being projected are mostly immoral, non-Christian, non-biblical. You know, you see an all-out attack on so many of the things that we as Christians hold so dear and value so much. Things like, you know, uh, marriages and the divorce rate being up so high. Things like uh, couples getting together, having children out of wedlock and, and doing that for 20 and 30 years and basically saying, you know, that's okay because they see all of the Hollywood icons and all these other figures doing that, right? They're expressing what they're giving people a direction to aim themselves in by what they represent, and that's what the trend that people are following. 
infidelity is more common now than ever before. You know, honesty is, is overrated. It's looked at in today's business world that you do whatever you've got to do to get to the top. You can't be 100% honest all of the time or you're not going to make it. You know, you have to tell a lie here and there if you're going to get your way, if you're going to get the most profit. Uh, obviously, we look in our schools and colleges. God's been almost completely removed from there. Political leaders, for the most part nowadays, are, are mostly godless. You know, they, even if they proclaim to be Christians and of the Christian faith, so many of them don't actually live that life and don't really represent that when, when they're looked at closely. You look at things like, uh, you know, that were unthinkable in the days of old when the great heroes were around, and now they're so commonplace today. You look at video games that kids play nowadays, and things like rape and murder and thieving are considered cool and fun, you know? And so, so many of the things that are being broadcast by the people considered to be heroes in our society today are turning the, the culture and turning our young people and even older people, too, that haven't found... God and haven't found Christ in the wrong direction. So our world, as far as I'm concerned, and in my years of growing up, has not been in a a better place, a more important place for godly heroes to rise up and make a difference and make an impact in our world. Would you agree with that? That with everything that's going on right now, just like in the old times, whenever the slavery was happening, when the American Revolution was happening, people's rights were being threatened, all these things were going on. Society was in chaos and was, in, was being threatened. People's way of life was being threatened. And heroes emerged and rose up and became what they needed to be. And they gave people a direction to take themselves in, morals to live by, and they became you know, emulated for all of the good principles and characteristics and traits that they exemplified to the world around them. And that led to a creation of positive change in the culture and in the society after those leaders had passed and after those heroes had had went on. So what I want to talk to you about tonight is that I believe that all of us in our own way are called to be heroes. That heroes, is it's not just a term that's reserved for the few that go out and commit one act of bravery or significance on a single day because of a situation that came about, although that does happen. But I believe that all of us are called to be heroes each and every day in our lives. You know, God, the places, the way I look at it is like this. The places that God has called you to in your life, think about that right now. Think about who God has brought you to in your family, with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with your siblings, your family around you. Think about the career that God has taken you into. Think about the church that he has you in. Think about the social uh, atmospheres that you interact in. All the things that God has you planted in right now, that God has given you gifts and abilities to be able to use those places as a platform of influence. But here's the key. 
the way we walk out that platform of influence, the level of greatness that we express in the way we do things determines whether we'll be looked at as a hero or not, somebody worthy of being emulated and followed. So when I say to be a hero, I really mean to display hero-like qualities. That's what I'm, I'm getting at, things like honesty and humility and to be able to give your absolute best at everything that you do, knowing that you're doing it unto the Lord. You know, God only expects us to, to deposit the seeds that are going to inspire others to greatness. We're not considered or held responsible, accountable for actually watering those seeds and bringing them to growth. God does that part. What we are responsible for is living like a hero every day in our lives in such a way that can deposit seeds and inspire people to greatness one little step at a time, and then we can spend time in our prayer closet with God each and every day asking him to water those seeds, asking him to draw those people that by his spirit that we have touched, and, and also to continue to ask him to expand our territory and our influence for the sake of his glory. Just like in Jabez, right, the Jabez prayer in First Chronicles 4.10, where he says, And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and it would keep me from evil, that I would not cause pain. So enlarging the territory means so many things, but it also means enlarging your influence and your ability to impact other people to greatness for the sake of God's glory and for the sake of his overall plan in your life and the lives of others around you. It becomes more about other people than it does about just yourself and what God's doing through you. True heroes are heroes wherever they go. They maintain their integrity, their composition. You know, the definition of integrity is whole throughout. Now, I always equate this to an example of, of taking two eggs. You know, you've got a hard-boiled egg, you've got a, a regular egg. And if you drop those eggs on the floor, what happens? One of them, splat, right? It basically exposes itself for what it is whenever it faces extreme adversity. But the other one, it might crack, it might get a dent in it, but it maintains its composition. It doesn't shatter under pressure. And somebody with integrity is what I would compare to the latter of those two examples. Then under pressure, under adversity, yeah, it might be a struggle, but they're not going to change who they are, and they're not going to compromise their values and the things that they hold dear that they know God has convicted them of, right? For that is a greater fear that I, I would suggest for us not to ever walk into when we're convicted by something and we know that God has, has spoke to us about that, to turn away from that after we have the knowledge of it is walking on dangerous ground. So basically when I say that true heroes maintain their integrity, that they're unshaken by the world because they're secure in who they are, they're always ready to rise up and be the hero to someone that may be in need. That's where that scripture Joshua 1.9 comes in. If we could put that back up there. You know where it says take God wherever you go. I take that as God wants us to go into the workplace. He wants us to go into our homes, into our church, into our communities. Everywhere we go 
And we need to be looking at this through our spiritual eyes, mindful of the fact that God has an opportunity to use us and that we have an opportunity to impact someone else on any particular day, on any given moment. If you look at a lot of the things that have happened in history where heroes rose up and things happened in an instant, they were not prepared for that. Right? They didn't expect to go out and they were getting ready to go save lives or go jump in the way of a, of a car or a bullet or go rescue somebody out of a burning building. Th- this happened because they were, they were walking out as a hero. They were predisposed, I would say, to being a hero because of the very qualities and the nature that they lived by. As Christians, we've got to understand you know, that we have this indirect influence on people wherever we go. You know, I would, I believe, and I know this is, this sounds tough, and this is kind of a a strong, you know, statement, but I believe that we're not only responsible for what we do and for what we say, but as Christians, if we adhere to that faith, that we're responsible also for what others see and what others hear. Does that make sense? So it's about others' perception as well. It's about knowing that it's not just what we're doing. It's being mindful of our audience around us and the people that we have the opportunity to influence and impact. That's why the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 8.13, not doing anything that would make your brother stumble, right? That's basically somebody that's saying, look, you know, I don't have a drinking problem, But when I go around a few of my friends that are struggling with it, I'm not going to drink because it's wrong of me to do that if it's going to tempt them. That's to me that speaks so much more than just that situation. That says that I I don't know who is going to recognize me or know me when I walk into a store or to a business or to any particular place in the community. And so I have to hold responsible, be held responsible for the way I conduct myself and for what other people see and what other people hear that I may never know that they saw or heard whenever I walk out of that place, right? That's what a hero does. They think about others before they think about themselves, As we focus on becoming heroes where we are every day and we focus on where we're at and doing what we can to emulate hero-like qualities, then we ourselves become predisposed to rising up to an occasion if God so deems us worthy to become a hero in an instance where people need us. It could be praying a prayer of salvation for somebody that's at rock bottom and the next step is suicide. Or it might be pulling somebody from a burning building. I don't know. Those things are more rare and chances are most of us would go through our entire life and not have that happen. But that doesn't mean that it won't. And if it did happen and you weren't ready, you weren't predisposed to it because you weren't living like a hero lives each and every day throughout your life, how would you feel about that from that point forward, right? There would be a lot of regret there. There would be a missed opportunity to influence some people in a positive way for our Lord. I think about David when I think about this too. You know, and I think about when he slayed Goliath, how he was really predisposed 
to becoming a hero on that particular day because of the way he conducted himself as a young man, the way he tended to his father's sheep whenever all of the brothers were inside and there was a big meeting, right, with Samuel and, and David was out there tending to the flock and he came when his father summoned him. He was obedient to his father. He respected his father. He always respected authority, Right? He said, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He gave God the glory for helping him kill the bear, for helping him kill the lion. See, he was predisposed to becoming a hero that day. God knew what was already inside of him, and God knew that when the opportunity came that David would rise up and that he would accept that challenge and that he had the measure of faith necessary to carry out that victory and become a hero to all of those people around him that would change the course of history forever, even as we sit here today, we're affected by King David in our lives. So as we seek out to become heroes in our own lives, to our kids, to our spouses, to our families, to our co-workers, to the youth that we work with, everywhere around us. As we seek that out, we have to understand, and I have to tell you this, that the attacks will absolutely come. That the attacks will absolutely come. No hero is without a foe. And our foe is a powerful one, but he is only powerful whenever God is not on our side. He is powerless whenever the great king of kings is in our, and is in our midst and we walk with him, right? See, the, the attacks will come if you look at what the media does. Anytime a hero rises up, the media just loves to attack and attempt to discredit that hero, right? It's like an endless search to find something that they can throw out there to say, oh, it's he's he or she is not everything that you think they are, as if we expect people to be perfect or something. But that's what, that's what today's society is all about, right? That's what the enemy, that's the level of influence that he's been able to penetrate with and, and the kind of effect that he has whenever somebody rises up to, to portray godly character and godly traits. Why is it that whenever that happens that people fall? Why is it when they're you know, held into the mirror and into the glass that they sometimes just crumble, a hero one day and, you know, they're despised another. Well, I believe it has a lot to do with Mark 4.17, and it says that there's no root in them, if we could put that up there, and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the world's sake, immediately they stumble. See, they might, somebody might be able to carry out the act of a hero on a particular day. They might rise up to an occasion or to a challenge. But really, the longevity is the key. And the endurance and the race we run is what it's all about. Is your life one that would measure up to a looking glass if you be became looked at as a hero for a particular act that you committed? That's why we have to live like heroes every day, right? Because we don't know if that one big moment's going to come or if we're just going to live like a hero every day in our life, inspiring other people to greatness in the best way that we can, doing the best we can with what we've been given in every situation. But I want to tell you, yes, the attacks will come, but I, but I want to say to you, do not fear the attacks. In fact, Quite the opposite. Be bold and be aggressive 
and be ready. Because they're coming, but we have the victory already. I want to share a few things with you. Obviously, you're familiar with the scriptures, you know, that if God is for you, who can be against you? And greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. That basically tells me any attack that I come under, yeah, it, it might, I might face some adversity and some struggle, but I've already won that victory. I just have to walk it out. That might take a day, it might take a week, it might take a month, it might take a year. I don't know the course or the time frame that God is operating under in my life with that, but I know that that victory has already been secured. As long as I maintain true to my faith and I hold on to God, there's no way that the enemy will prevail over me in my life in that particular attack. Luke 21, 12 through 15. A lot of times we're, we think about, well, what are we going to say? What if they start asking me questions about this? What if they start saying this or what if they start saying that? You know, how am I going to answer this? How am I going to answer that? Listen, this scripture really just blew up in me whenever I got a hold of this. And it says, but before all these things, and they're talking about whenever the apostles are going to experience, you know, adversity and persecution and the kings and, and the rulers are going to lay hands on them and they're going to put them under, uh, you know, judgment and they're going to want to punish them and persecute them for their faith. What, what he's saying here is, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute, persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Right, So that's us basically representing Christ and then the world attacking us for what we represent. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. God is telling us, don't waste time trying to premeditate all your responses for the million of possible scenarios that you might come under. You're wasting time seeking more of me. You're wasting time doing more good in the world and in other people's lives. I've got work for you to do. Forget about that. The Spirit will give you the words when you come under attack. It's my promise. It's right here in the Word. You don't even have to question it. Right? Also, Psalm 140, verse 4. And David, of course, a lot of these come from him being such a great hero. But he says, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purposed to make my steps stumble. I would venture to say that just about every one of us in here right now, there's somebody that is trying or thinking about a way they can make your steps stumble. Somehow, to either discredit you, make themselves look better, I don't know. There's all kinds of reasons people do what they do and none of them make sense. But you can bet on the fact that that's, that's happening. And you can see here that David is saying to the Lord, I'm leaning on you to protect me from those that are, that are looking to make my steps stumble. Psalm 23, 5, he goes even further and he says, to prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now how, how satisfying and rewarding must that be, right? Not only is he going to have the victory, he's going to have a table prepared for him, and he's going to dine and he's going to eat in the presence of his enemies. 
right? That means he's going to share company with them. They're going to fellowship together eventually. If God uses it as he sees fit, he can turn those enemies around and make them our allies. But only if we lean on him and rely on him and allow him to lead the way for us and try not to fight those battles out of our own strength. If we rise up to be the kind of hero that God has intended us to be, trust me, none of us are capable of fighting off the attacks that the enemy will bring against us on our own. It will be impossible. We will absolutely have to have the Lord in our corner. The last one about not being afraid is in 1 Samuel 17. This is out of the NIV, 50 through 52. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. The men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Shuram road to Gath and Ekron. See, there are evil heroes out there too. But as you can see, one hero that God is behind can defeat another hero another hero that represents evil, right? David rose up and became the hero God needed him to be. And on that day, another hero was defeated. Probably the most feared man in the entire land at that time. The man that everybody respected and idolized for his warrior-like abilities. That the entire armies never wanted to see and never wanted to face. And here comes David, predisposed to heroism, He steps up, God gets involved, and that hero that was iconicized by so many people falls in a matter of moments, and a new hero is born. Powerful, isn't it? No matter what you come against, no matter how great your adversary appears, you could be a little boy with a sling and a stone, and you can bring that thing down if God is on your side. Some of the misconceptions that I want to erase about heroes as I wind down, first of all, you know, a lot of people think that heroes can do it all by their own abilities or that they don't need anyone else, that they're so great that they can do everything out of their own strength. And Pastor Rick talked a little bit about giving glory back to God. If you were here on Sunday evening and uh, it tied right into what you know, I wanted to talk about in this part because God gives us the abilities to be a hero in our world, not so we can look good, so that we can return the glory back to him, so that we can basically proclaim and testify to other people of his greatness and of his strength and of his power and of his desire to work in our lives that there is a God and that he does want to know us and that there is a heaven, right, and that there is a such thing as salvation. God gives us our hero abilities so that we can use them for those things. We must stay in a constant state of humility as we walk. We, we have to be in a, a posture, in a sense, where the posture of our heart and our mind and our spirit is all 
It's in a posture of bowing down to the Lord, right? I'm not saying that you're bowing down physically all the time. I'm saying that the posture of your heart as you're walking out your life and you're doing everything that you do to be a hero to the people around you, the posture of your heart is in a constant state of bowing down to God and acknowledging him for who he is, how great he is, and being able to give him the glory back for all the victories that he carries out in your life, but also leaning on him for the struggles and the adversities that you go through along the way. No man hesitates to kneel or to worship the God that he trusts and has faith in. So in conclusion... As I said before, I totally believe that God has created each and every one of us to be a hero in our world around us. In fact, I want to show you a scripture in Psalm 89. This is in 18 through 20 in the Message Bible. This is what I call the hero's promise. All we are and have we owe to God, holy God of Israel, our King. A long time ago, you spoke in a vision. You spoke to your faithful beloved. I've crowned a hero. I chose the best I could find. I found David, my servant, poured holy oil on his head. Crowned a hero. I chose the best I could find. I found David, my servant, poured holy oil on his head. And I'll keep my hand steadily on him. Yes, I'll stick with him through thick and thin. No enemy will get the best of him. No scoundrel will do him in. I'll weed out all who oppose him. I'll clean out all who hate him. I'm with him for good, and I will love him forever. I've set him on high. He's riding high. I've put ocean in one hand, in his one hand, and river in the other. He'll call out, oh, my father, my God, my rock of salvation. Yes, I'm setting him apart as the first of a royal line, high king over all the earth's kings. I'll preserve him eternally in my love. I'll faithfully do all I solemnly promised. I guarantee his family tree and underwrite his rule. So I believe, you know, Christ comes from the lineage of David, and we are heirs in Christ, the Bible tells us. And I believe that God is speaking to us, saying that if you'll be the hero I've created you to be, that this is the same kind of promise that I'm making to you, that you'll have me wherever you go. I'll never let your enemies overtake you. I'll prepare the way for you. He can do so much more for us than we could even imagine. We would just like him to you know, take care of our battles and help us through the things. This, this promise tells us here, and this hero's promise, that he's got such even bigger plans for us if we'll just commit to being the hero that he's called us to be. You know, Psalm 84, verse 4, in, or I'm sorry, Psalm 8, verses 4 through 6, talks about what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. Don't tell me when you read that scripture that doesn't speak to you that God created you to be a hero. He crowned you with glory and honor. The most important characteristics and traits that a leader can walk out. God's crowned us with that by the fact that we are his children. We're created to be heroes. 
Hebrews 13.8, I mentioned that in the beginning. I said that was one of the two scriptures I was building this around. says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I hope you borrow encouragement and faith and confidence from this because it's really revolutionized the way I look at things. But if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means that the same Spirit of God, the same Lord that was there with Moses that parted the Red Sea, that was there with Joshua when they fought the endless battles, when, when he made the sun stand still, that was there with David when he slayed Goliath and all the other things in the Bible that we can look at. That same God, that same power works in your life and my life each and every day. That wasn't some form of power that only existed in the Old Testament. That wasn't a nature of God that was only in pre historic times. This was the very God that you experience when you walk into this place and worship each and every time. The same God that you pray to every morning when you get up. The same God that you lean on when you go through tough times. It's the same God that delivered those heroes from the Bible out of the adversity that they were in and brought them the victories that we so admire and so cherish and so wish to emulate today. God has not changed a bit. Is that powerful or what? The same God that did those things is right here, right now in your heart, ready to do things with you. The Bible says even greater things will you do, right, that Jesus said. I can't wrap my brain around that because those were pretty great things, but that's what God says, so I believe it. See, the enemy's next best approach after you've been saved after you've been born again, you've secured your salvation, the next best thing that he can do is limit your greatness, is to limit the impact that you make on other people. I call it the kingdom soul prevention method. Okay, I've lost this one. Doesn't look like I'm getting him back. I'll sure try to do everything I can, but at the very best, I need to make sure Nobody else is affected by this individual. So if I can just limit their greatness and make them believe that, yeah, they're going to heaven, but they really can't do great things, they really can't experience this power that God has to offer that all these great heroes of old have experienced, if I can accomplish that, boy, I'll take it. I'm telling you, that's what he's after, right? And we can't allow him to do that. To deny your call to greatness is to deny the very nature that God created you with. I want to just read a couple of things real fast. I was just doing some research on heroes, and it's interesting. We think of heroes about, you know, saving lives, and I would never discredit that. I mean, those people, the firefighters and policemen in 9-11 were absolute heroes. And all the other wars and all the soldiers that fight for our freedom they're my heroes to the day I die. But it's interesting where the other heroes are in our world around us. This young man says, my dad is my hero. He's my hero because I want to be exactly like him. He's also my hero because he's always there for me. <clears throat> this one says, my mom is my hero. If it had not been 
through the upbringing of my mom, with the help of God, I do not believe that I would have accomplished the achievements that I have today. Who is my hero? My mom. Christy and Jeff. These people are heroes to me because they were my foster parents, and they put up with me for two years. I feel these people are not only a hero to me, but a hero to other kids and teenagers that lived in their home who were in foster care also. Remember me always. My family is my hero. I have two younger brothers, and they are my best friends. We can always depend on each other, whether we need a small or big favor. My uncle is my hero because he took me on my first camping trip. We had a lot of fun. You know, there's millions of kids today. Studies have been done. Millions of kids in our world whose parents never even tell them they love them. So the world is desperate for heroes. Desperate. So much so that they'll, they'll, they'll find a hero no matter if it's really worthy of emulating or not. Right? That's going to happen regardless. We have heroes here in our church. You know, and I, I don't mean to leave anybody out, but I, I think about Pat Bradley and the way he's stepped out in faith and as a businessman started International Crisis Aid, a ministry to help you know, young girls in sex trafficking overseas. I also think about Annette Vrabel. I don't know if she's here tonight. But this is a woman who lost her daughter when she was, I believe, 14 years old, raped and murdered. And not only has she made it through that, she's one of the nicest, most pleasant people that you could ever be around. And when you see her daughter and and her son-in-law, and they have a new baby now, there's such joy that comes out of that family, right? And I could go on and on and on, but heroes are all around us. We all have an opportunity to be a hero each and every day by the way we conduct ourselves and by the way we answer the call that comes before us. So I just want to challenge us all tonight, this year, as we make this fresh start in 2012, to really focus and really strive to just not only make it through a day, to not only just try to, you know, make ends meet, but to set the bar as high as you can and to really rise up and be the hero that God needs you to be, to be the hero the world needs you to be, to be the hero that you were created to be. I can tell you that for me, I will contend for this until the day I die, until I go to be with the Lord. It motivates me Probably more than any other single thing. To be a hero for my... I might need a few more minutes, Mike. (laughs) To be a hero for my family, for my wife, for my kids. I don't think I can finish this, but I think you get the point. And if you'll buy into this and you'll strive for this, I believe it'll move you each and every day to do the things that God needs you to do.
Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to express my heart, to convey what I believe you've spoke to me and that you've put on the inside of me. I pray that you would help each and every one of us that are here tonight to be able to get a clear idea and a clear, crystal clear definition of what a hero looks like to each and every one of us. And secondly, Lord, I pray with just this heartfelt prayer that you would help all of us to become the heroes in our lives to the people around us that you've created us to be. God, I pray that nothing less would even satisfy us. There would be a constant yearning and hunger within our souls if we are not measuring up to the heroes that you've called us to be. That you would never let us go and never let us get away from that. And that we would constantly turn to you for our strength and our direction and say, God, help make me into the hero that you've created me to be. In Jesus' name.